The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Cowboys Storylines with Nick Eatman. What is up? It's time for Cowboys Storyline. It is Thursday, October the 12th. That's right? Yeah. The days are all messed up a little bit. When in terms of Monday night game, it kind of it kind of uh, jacks up with your schedule a little bit, though. I, I know the Cowboys are playing the uh, Chargers on Monday night. This game get, can't get here soon enough, at least from our standpoint. Of course, the players, uh, the team, coaches probably like to have that little extra time tr- to prepare, and and Lord knows they need it. I mean, they're they're facing a Chargers team that's sitting there. They're going to have about as long as you can have between games. That they had the bye week last week, and then that Monday night game, so um, they'll be rested and ready. Of course, they're getting just about everybody back. Uh, the guys that have been a hurt for them, I think Austin Eckler, Joey Bosa, uh, Derwin James, I feel like all of those guys are, are returning. So cool. It'll be fun for the Cowboys to uh, face them. Of course, this is, like I've said before, I think the biggest game of the season right now, this one right here. It, it shouldn't come this early, but I think so. I think you're at that fork in the road where the team you want to be, the season you want to have, it's still there, and and even if you lose, obviously three and three would be you know you can you can turn things around from that. It's happened you know before, but uh, I I definitely think though from the psyche of this team going into the bye week with with the fact that your offense is struggling and you've got the guy that was running this offense now over here with the Chargers, he's calling plays for them. Uh, I think it'll be a very very tough loss if the Cowboys can't come up with a win, uh, but. You know, we'll see how they get there. Should be a lot of fun. Um, all right, let's go to uh, the first caller here. You guys know how to do this. Eight 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 five five two two nine seven. That is the phone line. We got text line uh, questions as well. Eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight. But we're gonna start with the phones. Uh, Dayton in Maryland. You're number one out of the jump here. Dayton. Hey, Nick Eatman, man. First time caller. All right. Long time listener. Love it. Love the first time callers, man. How you doing? Fan of the show, man. Appreciate it. How you um, doing, man? I'm doing good. I, I got three questions for you. All right. So my first one is, um, so do you think uh, the Cowboys in general, uh, I want to say, like, do you see them getting, like, another, like, you know, picking up somebody, another person, like, in free agency, just any position in general? Like, do you think we still need something? Some type of help anywhere possible, you know, in general. And my second question is, um, do you feel like the Cowboys need some type of, you know, like change, like coaching change, as far as, as, far as this, the, um, the coordinator or something? I'm just asking mm-hmm. your opinion on that. Do you think that, you know, maybe because – this is the first time I've ever seen, you know, them not be able to get nothing really in the red zone in a long time. I ain't never seen this in a long time. But that's that's my second question. And third question is, um, do you think the Cowboys are starting to miss their former number one receiver? And I'm going to hang up and listen. Okay. I guess you're referring to Amari Cooper. I mean, I, I guess that's what yeah. is that what you're talking about, Mar- Amari Cooper? 
Yeah. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you for the call and the questions. Um, let's just start down the line. I mean, do they need to add a player? I mean, if 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 it makes sense. I mean, I'm always. I don't mean to sound like that's what Stephen Jones would. That's how he would answer that. You know, we're always looking. You know, talent uh, acquisition, 365 days a year. You know, I yes, I mean, all that makes sense. But it has to, it, and since you mentioned Amari Cooper, it has to be a move like that where, you know, if you're going to add a player, you're going to have to give up some draft capital probably or players on your own team. But it, it, it needs to be somebody that, that I think could, could not only help immediately, but probably help down the road uh, as well. So, you know, I... Yeah, I mean, I, I you can't sit here and talk about other players on other teams. I mean, what what positions? I mean, it, it would need to be somebody that could come right in and and help them. Um, I I could see it being a, a, a cornerback. I could see it being, um, you know, I, w- I don't really want to say a tight end. I don't know if a tight end is going to help you uh, immediately um, because of you know how how it, it takes a little bit of time to to get you know acclimated to offense and all that. Um, you know. Maybe a running back, you know, I, it'd have to be somebody, you know, with, maybe with some power, but but it would just have to be somebody that makes sense, not only for this year, but down the road. Uh, coaching changes, you know, as far as like duties and stuff like that. Sure. I, I could see them handling some things like that, probably more in-house. But, you know, at this point, yeah, it's not too late and too early to to, um, you know, move some things around a little bit. And then as far as Amari Cooper goes, I mean, I, I, no, no, you. I don't think so because no, nobody asked that question last year. I mean, last year, C.D. Lamb got to a level that we haven't seen since really since I guess Des Bryant, maybe Michael Irvin, as far as like second team All Pro. I mean, he was a Pro Bowler, 107 catches. We never seen a receiver do that. So no, I, I don't think so. I think I think your number one receiver is here, um, and, and, and C.D. Lamb. They just got to figure out how to get him the ball. I mean, there, there's there's no doubt about it. So. Um, all right, let's go to the next caller, Brian in Kansas City. Brian, what's up? Good morning, Nick. Morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Hey, I know somebody asked this. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but uh, one of the things I was hoping maybe you'd have a little bit of an update on Rashawn Evans, what what you know about him, yeah. anything like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got any other questions or? Yeah. So, and then I was going to throw out an old timer. Let's do it. Um, so nobody ever brings it up, but he was kind of the Romo of my era, Danny White. Okay. Yeah. See if you had a Danny White story, brother. Oh, man. I mean, God. I mean, I got Danny White stories because um, as a kid, like, I was Danny White. You know, I was in my front yard, backyard, whatever. I mean, I was Danny White. I mean, 1983 is the first year that I remember being, you know, like really being a Cowboy fan. And and he was the quarterback. And he had a great season that year, too. Uh, he was never, you know, really appreciated all the way fully. You know, sometimes he was always fighting for his job with Gary Hogaboom or, or whatever. But, um, you know, he was – and, and it, it was tough because – uh, he 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 joined you know an era where you know it was he was replacing Roger Staubach and and they weren't as good. I mean the team started to to you know go down in, in the eighties and they were pretty good, um, just not good enough to get it to the Super Bowl and not to get to that level that they were in the seventies. So he's always going to be underappreciated from that standpoint. Um, you know think about it. think about now like you know as a a first string quarterback and punter. So um, you know Danny. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I've he's he was, and he, now you know he's still doing stuff. You know, with the with the radio, does Compass Radio, so he does the games. So we see him all, all, all the time, and uh, yeah, I I just I, I'm trying to think of some specific things, uh, but but yeah, Danny Danny White was uh, you know he he was a guy that I always looked up to because that, like when I was first watching football. He was the quarterback of, of the team. And, uh, you know, I still – they were so close. They were so close in the early 80s. And just imagine a play or two here and there, and the narrative on Danny White could change dramatically. You know, I mean, they, they, they don't lose that game in the catch game where they, they get a couple more plays and get a field goal and win that game and go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, like then his his whole – Mantra changes a little bit there. So, all right. Um, as for as for Rashawn Evans, yeah, he, I mean, that's the name. I, it, it sounded like from last that I heard, they were like waiting on a physical there for him, probably going to sign him to the practice squad. They, they could elevate him, um, you know, on game day if they need to. Uh, had a lot of tackles last year with Atlanta, like 150. Uh, that's a lot. It's a lot of tackles, but. Um, usually, when you make a lot of plays like that, you you go to a team the next year. So so. I don't know the whole story on him and kind of why he is, you know, hasn't really been uh, with another team. Like this year, he was with the Eagles. The practice squad didn't last long there. So, you know, this is one of those things. Cowboys are going to be down for some linebackers. They're kicking the tires on guys to see, you know, you know, can can they can they fit into this system? Uh, and so that's that's kind of the situation they're in there. All right, um, when you. Let's go to the next caller, uh, Jeff in uh, North Carolina. Jeff. Hey, how you doing, Nick? Good. How are you doing? Love the show, man. Love the show. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, I I just want to uh, make a statement. You know, I know they've talked. You talked a lot this week about about Dak and everything. And and yesterday I was listening to the media mash, and and I just appreciate what Clarence Hill said yesterday when. You know, if you it's fair to criticize Dak on the way he's playing, but the way some of these former players are just attacking him and calling him names. I mean, you know, you got to remember. I mean, th- these are human beings too. You know, and yeah, and just who's the same way they do. Who's doing same, that, by the way? Well, I don't know. Like Dante Dante Winter and uh, and Lashawn McCoy. You know, they just <laughs> call him trash and and. Uh, Stuff like that, and, I, and Clarence spoke out about that. Yeah. Former players, you know, they've not been trained to, you know, to be in the media sometimes, and and they just wanting to get attention, getting clicks, and oh, yeah, and it's just it's just sad, you know, because because you can like like what you've been saying, it's fair to criticize the Dax the way Dax playing and stuff, and and the Cowboys may have to make decisions after the season, but. But don't attack them personally. Don't call them trash. Don't say he sucks and stuff like that, like what they were saying on there. And uh, and I just, you know, I just I appreciate what Clarence said because Clarence, yeah. Yeah. Clarence, Clarence was, tries to be fair to me. You know, he's he you know, and but that's just that's what I want to say. Uh, I hope they can turn things around. And uh, yeah, and uh, thank you so much for, uh, appreciate for that. taking my call. And I and I'd like to hear what you have to say. Thanks, Jeff. I, I appreciate that. You know, sometimes um, former players, um, it's a tricky deal. It, it really is um, because I. This is the way I view a lot of things in, in life. Is is what's your agenda? Everyone's got one, and then there's nothing wrong with that. But just what is your agenda? And sometimes I've seen it where former players. 
pop off and say some ridiculous statement. And, and it's not so much to say, hey, this is what I think about this. It's really more about don't forget about me. I'm still around. You know, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, I, I didn't, haven't played in a few years, but you know, I did this and this. I mean, a lot of players that they they miss the, the the spotlight, and so when they get it, and and maybe they're not on a show or whatever, they're they're just they're just getting interviewed by something. You know, they 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 pop off, and it happens a lot. Um, let me also say this. On our podcast here, and, and and also the shows that we have in the studio, we've got what Barry Church, Danny McRae, uh, Isaiah Stanback, Nate Newton, Jesse Holly. Hope I'm not missing anyone. I mean, we we've got a lot of guys that have, that have played in the NFL, and their perspective as players is different than what anyone else can can bring. They have we haven't played, so they bring that to the table, and 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 that is very very valuable. So. The guys you just mentioned, former players, they can talk like that. Michael Irvin does it too. But I always have a problem when they talk about what's going on in the locker room. You have been in locker rooms before. You haven't been in this one. So don't don't sit here and say that you know what's going on in the leadership and so-and-so, CD needs to do this or Dak needs to do this. You don't know. You don't know. You have been in locker rooms before. You have an idea how it typically goes, but you're not in the meetings here. And, and neither neither am I, you know. So like we're kind of in the locker room on media day, you know, when, when the media is open. So that's why it's really tough to to always listen to former players. They understand the game, they understand the dynamics of of locker room and teammates and all that stuff when they were playing, but not always every single one. So I mean, I have a house, you have a house, but I don't know what's going on in your house just because I have one. Just because I have a car, I don't know what's going on with your car. I mean, that you know what I'm saying? So it's really tough with that. Um, you know, I don't know. In the Dante, I don't even know. Who, I don't even remember who that is, honestly. And, but that's kind of the point. That's what he's trying to do. So you can Google his name and go, who's this guy again? Who's LaShawn McCoy? Like, you know, I, I get it. LaShawn McCoy, he's, he's trying to be Stephen A. We all know that. We all know that. He's got an agenda. Cool. Good for him. All right. Uh, let's go to Al in Merkel, Texas. Al, what's up? All right. Al, you there? Yeah. All right. What's up, man? Hey, uh, <clears throat> I was just going to make a couple of comments about the Cowboys. Okay. Come on. What do you got? Oh, the first one was uh, I think uh, the Dungeons and Dragons of football have ruined most people's opinions of football with these fantasy leagues. Anybody can you know, make changes when they want to. And they think that's how the NFL should be. And then the second uh, opinion is, I think the Cowboys got uh, not only hit in the mouth, but kicked in the, the boys. And I think they'll respond for the next three or four games. And I think we'll forget about this game after they win the next three or four. And we will be back to where we were before. And hopefully, if we play the 49ers again, we'll be able to play a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. I mean, I, I think it is going to be a long season, and I mean, it's what, what it is. It, it always happens like that. Week four, week five, even big wins too. You know, big wins that that you want to you know hope that propel you to something else. It doesn't always 
happen like that. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely think that this this team is going is is in a transition period where, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see how they how they re- react down the road, you know, how they respond to this one. This is going to be, you know, a, a key moment for the for this you know, the turning point kind of for this team. Right before the bye, you've got to figure out, you know, how they, they're going to respond. And, and they have responded well in the past. doesn't mean they're going to respond well Monday night. But you know, every challenge is different. But but you're right. They're, they, they got tested. They got tested in a lot of ways, more than just, you know, from a physical standpoint. And so now they have to, you know, they've been embarrassed. This is embarrassing, and everyone's doing all their their stuff. And there, I saw that people are mopping with with the Cowboys jerseys and mopping the floors. I mean, cool, all, you know. And and credit to ESPN for putting it out there. You know, like that's the good 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 job them. I mean, that that's that's cool. There's not like baseball playoffs or anything else going on. Let's put that out there. So you know, this shows. I don't think that shows what the Cowboys fans necessarily feel about this team all the way. But you know, when you when you put one or two out there, it, it it's certainly sensational um to to say the least but i think the cowboys you know they're gonna be facing a lot in this game and more than just the chargers they have to kind of figure out how they how they respond um so we'll see how they do all right let's go back to the phone line uh tony in alexandria virginia tony what's up hey nick am i on you're on what's up bud currently in uh alexandria virginia but uh one personal note um actually that um my family and i are excited about we actually uh closed on a house build and we're going to be moving to uh, the Dallas area um, within the next uh, two years here. So we're really good about that. So, um, so, you know, as a Cowboy fan, at least for me, you know, they're a former player. And I think we just touched on this a little bit um, on one of your last calls. Uh, you know, there are certain former players and local media. I want to stress local media that I pay strong attention to, you know, for instance, players, Michael Irvin, after he calms down from whatever he has to say, I pay strong attention right. to what he has to say. Deion Sanders, I pay strong attention to what he has to say. Nate Newton, I pay strong attention to what he has to say. Your boy, Darren Woodson, I pay strong attention to what he has to say. And then you have the local media there, Mickey, Derek, Brian, Ambar, and yourself. Um, the reason why I listen to you guys is because I value your opinion. That's why I'm on. That's why you know I'm trying to get on here and uh, and talk to you because Thank Nick, you. I value your opinion. Thank and, you. you know, there there are some callers that you know we all have our opinion, and some callers you're going to agree with, some you may not agree with. But you know, us as all Cowboys fans, we can agree to disagree on things that we may not um, that we may not agree on. Um, but one caller in particular that I kind of agree with, and we called in a couple times, um, Rob from Vegas, and I, I, I you know, I kind of agree with what he's saying about Dak, um, but my whole thing is this goes back to when they let Amari Cooper go. In my opinion, they let Amari Cooper go but did not replace him. And I know you just said a little while ago your number one receiver, C.D. Lamb, is here. I want C.D. Lamb on my team, but if he's going to be our one, then we need a 1A. Because if you pay, if you pay attention to some of these other teams that are out there, um, Philly, A.J. Brown, Javante Smith, San Francisco, Debo IU, Seattle, Metcalf, Lockett, Miami, Hill, Waddle, they all have weapons, and more than one weapon. And in my opinion, just our other weapons aren't stepping up. I mean, besides, to me, in my opinion, besides C.D. Lamb and Tony Pollard, I don't know who on that offense carries you. 
And so um, that's just what I had to say. And, you know, yesterday, you know, it's so true about the roller roller coaster cycle that you talk about mm-hmm. because that's me, how you explain the Monday through Sunday where you want to burn your cowboy gear after right. a while. By Sunday, it's, you, you want to wear your eye black. And uh, it's, and you, you don't want to get back on, but you do because, like you said, I've heard you say time and time, it chooses you. You know, it chose me back in 1978 when I was a six-year-old in Fairbanks and growing up in Fairbanks, Alaska, of all places, when my neighbor <laughs> came over with a knit hat that had Dallas uh, vertical, the star, and then Cowboys vertical on the other side. I saw that, and I was chosen. And, um, and you know, I want them to win a, a another ring bad, and it's not just not for me, but, it's, you know, I have a son now. I would like him to experience and then. The fans that ha- were not around for like the last Super Bowls uh, since '95, who they've all got to be what in their late twenties by now, I want it for them as well because I want them to experience it and what it's like to, you know, see your team that you follow and you're invested in, feelings wise and all that other stuff. Uh, yeah. I want to see it because you know it's, there's no other feeling like that when you know a team that you're invested in reaches the mountaintop and and gets the chip. So. That's what I wanted to say. Thanks for taking my call. I love your show. Thank you, Tony. Um, Yeah, I think you speak for a lot of Cowboy fans when you say that. And and, and because whether we think – we don't think about it all the time like this, but – it, it's why we we do it. I mean, it, it's it's why you you go you, these guys and, and girls get on the shows and 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 um, you know listen to podcasts, listen to you know or, or, or you read blogs and and things like that. You know, and some especially people that do it at, at odd hours of the, of the night because they're all over you know stationed in different countries or whatever. It's because you want that feeling, and and even if you don't know that it, that it exists, we got cowboy fans that are probably. Younger than 27, 28 years old. Obviously, they are, and and they don't know what it's like to actually climb the mountain. But but when it's there, it's it's the it is the greatest feeling, and and that's why I challenge anyone when they say we, you're like, well, well we lost the game or we did this. Or like we, you didn't play. BFS, okay? Because yeah, it is we. Because I mean, it is definitely a we. Because you're invested in it. So, so Tony, you speak for a lot of people like that. Yes, it, it is. You definitely d- uh, deserve that. You guys are. You, you guys deserve more than what we're what we've seen. And that's not a shot at anybody. It's just when you're when you you put in all the time and you want to see this team succeed and you wear the shirt and you sit at the right spot in the couch every time because you feel like this is going to help you. It's because you just want them to win so bad and and it doesn't happen and it hasn't happened to the level that the Cowboys fans deserve. But there's a lot of fans and a lot of teams that haven't experienced that either. We're 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 right here in Dallas. The Texas Rangers are are getting you know to a point where they really haven't haven't been very often. And you know, and, and the fans are so excited, and, and you know, and they've got, you know, they've got a, they've got their own 49ers to face. If you think the Cowboys are mentally, you know, having a hard time getting over the hurdle with the 49ers, the Rangers are doing the same thing with the Astros. It's going to be really fun here. But but the point is, is that you know, there's a lot of fans that are just so hungry for that 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 taste. They haven't they haven't had it yet. So maybe maybe they will. Um, all right, let's go to another call real quick before we go to break. Fernando in Miami. Fernando, what's up? Hey, good morning, Nick. Um, I called you Monday, and I was talking about the offensive line, returning tackles and the guards. Mm. The other thing now, I think our slot receiver, if you look at Brady, he had those Edelman, Wes Walker. We had Cole Beasley. I think the guys we're putting in the slot are not slot. They're not quick little dudes. I think that would help Dak. If he had 
a young Cole Beasley right now, like five years ago, mm-hmm. I think it would help him tremendously. I think putting CD there, Gallup, they're not like quick, jittery dudes, and that would really help him a lot. You Do you think Brandon Cooks is, is that guy? I mean, he hasn't. I thought he was going to be the slot guy. But then I know yeah. he's really fast, and they put him on the outside. I thought I he would be know, that guy, too. compare him to Beasley. No, no. He's, in the slot. Yeah. When I interviewed him for the first time, I was surprised how short he was, though. Honestly, I thought he was. I, I thought I just thought he was about six foot tall. I mean, I didn't think he was. He he, he kind of has the same. He has the same body type as those guys you, you're talking about. But you're right. He doesn't play it the same way. He's more of an outside guy. Um, exactly. That would you. help him tremendously, Doc. I'm with you. I mean those those guys are those guys are valuable, you know, and there's a lot of them. I mean, you mentioned three or four or five of them. Thanks for the call, Fernando. Well, you mentioned the, those guys, but um, think about college football, high school football. How many of those receivers are out there? They're, every team's got the 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", guy that's, you know, short little guy that, that needs to be in the slot. They don't – They don't. I mean, you, you just went back 20 years of, of players. There's about 10, maybe 15 that are really, really doing it. Um, it's tough. You've got to be a crisp, crisp route runner. You've got to be able to play some on the outside too. Um, so there, there's, there's, there, they just don't grow, uh, grow on trees. Those guys don't. I mean, yes, and they are very valuable. If you can get some of those guys, just how quick they are, they're a mismatch nightmare. But I'm just saying, I don't think they're just all sitting there waiting to, to get. You've got to be tough. I mean, uh, for being that size, you got to be able to take those hits. So that's one of those things where I just feel like if you if you can find them, get them. But but sometimes they 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 don't always pan out. All right, we're gonna take a break real quick on Cowboy Storyline. We have a guy on, on the line. We got uh, some text message questions we want to get to. Be right back on Cowboy Storyline. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable, and now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper... 
is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back, back to Cowboys Storylines. Welcome back to Cowboys Storyline here. Got some uh, callers on the line. We're going to get some text message questions here. We're going to try to wrap up here in the next, uh, we've got about 15 minutes or so, maybe 20. Um, I do want to say this. When I had a caller a few minutes ago, um, from Kansas City, Brian, he, he said, I got a former player in likes to throw out there. And I know we do that a lot on this show where we say, hey, uh, you know, Yeti stories about former guys and all that. Um, the Cowboys lost uh, a true Cowboy um, uh, today, or, or maybe it might have been yesterday, um, but just certainly this week in uh, Walt Garrison, who passed away. Um, you talk about a Cowboy. I mean, this guy not only played at Oklahoma State, Cowboys, played for the Cowboys. He was a cowboy. I mean, like in, in, in real life, and, and everyone I think knows the story. I know if you're if you've taken a tour here at the Star, I mean, it's one of the things that they they mentioned uh, as you're walking through, and they talk about signing bonuses and things like that. It's been it's been well documented that you know Walt Garrison's signing bonus was like a, a trailer, like uh, a, a horse trailer. Um, so I, I believe he still had it, um, but he he passed away um, this week. And uh, he was fullback, running back. I mean, I, I think we just had a call um, I, I, last week about about Walt Garrison and how you know he he ran with Calvin Hill and all that. He was kind of one of those you know old school. The game has changed, obviously, but you know he a fullback, running back, tough guy, and um, you know he, you couldn't you couldn't be more of a cowboy than than Walt Garrison. So I want to want to pass on uh, my thoughts and prayers to his family. And of course the Cowboys, um, you know, he was, he was a true Cowboy through and through. So I wanted to, to definitely mention him. All right. Uh, let's go with uh, Sebastian in Savannah, Georgia. Sebastian. <clears throat> well, that changed my whole call. Uh, rest in heaven, Walt Garrison, once yeah. a Cowboy with Julie, uh, John Julius, I believe it is. With what? With John Julius. I think it was uh, powered by Dan Reeves. Yeah. Amazing cowboy, yeah. right there. That's an amazing. I mean, the man in the white cowboy hat. Well, that threw me off. You know, rest in heaven, Sam. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, good morning. Good morning. By the way, sorry. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. I just, you know, looked at all their games from San Francisco. San Francisco's been doing this to like every team for a minute now. Ever since they found their quarterback, they're embarrassing people. So I don't feel as bad anymore. I'm looking at this schedule and I'm like, man, I love the schedule, Nick. This is the first time in a long time that if we, when we, not if, when we get to the playoffs, no one's going to say we haven't played anybody. We're going to be battle tested. We're going to be ready, and we're going to earn another shot at the title fight this year. So I'm not worried. When Kellen them come in this week, you know he's going to run the ball. He's actually honestly been running at about 50-50 watching their games right now. 
Yeah. Uh, but you know they're going to be bringing a little bit extra this week. So how do you think our defense is going to hang out with the uh, run game from Austin Eckler? They use him in the pass game a lot, too. And I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks, man. Thanks, Sebastian. You know, you're right. I mean, Kellen's going to bring out uh, everything that, that he's got, I, I think, in this one. Um, this is probably going to be – uh, I think it's probably going to be a high-scoring game. That's kind of what what I feel like. I just think you know all games kind of take on a life of their own. I think I think the Cowboys' offense is going will will respond. I really believe that, and um, I think they're going to score some points. But I think they're going to have to, you know, because I think that I think the, the Chargers are also going to uh, light up the score. But I think it's going to be one of those games. I really do. Um, so you know, how do you how do you handle it? Uh, you know, you you've got. You know, you've got to make sure that that you get after uh, Herbert because we said this, I think, yesterday. You know, they want to take shots down the field. That's what they like to do. They like to throw it deep. But, you know, you got to sit there in the pocket for a little bit and, and, and let that happen. And that's where Micah, Tank, Dorrance Armstrong. I mean, Dorrance Armstrong's been pretty quiet. Let's be honest. Like he hasn't really done a whole lot this year. Uh, he had, we had a couple sacks, I think, in the first game. I mean, we all did. I mean, I mean, I mean, I almost got one. You know, I mean, what did he have? Like eight, sack, seven sacks. No, but Dorrance, he had. He I think he had two that game. But since then, we haven't heard a lot from him. This is one of those games where we need to see him uh, step up. Uh, I'd like to see Sam Williams in, in there as, as well. Dante Fowler. You know, these guys. I think that you know, especially if and 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 I say this, and I had a. I had a text question. I want to throw the guy's name up here too. Um, from a, his name was Brian. Um, he talked about Micah playing linebacker. What are the advantages, disadvantages you see if Micah moves back to a true linebacker spot, um, which has kind of been talked about a little bit. I don't know if you'll see it all the time, but but um, if that happens, let's just say what are the advantages? The advantages are, you know, it, it's a look that that the Chargers really haven't seen. Uh, also, it puts him in a in a position where he'll go and 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 you know he should be able to chase the football. And he's got one of your best players, if not your your very best defensive player, to go get the football and do it from all over the place. It's hard to scheme against him. You can't, you know, you couldn't scheme against Ray Lewis. He was sitting in the middle of the field, you know. And, and I, I don't know if he'll play that spot, but it's just it's hard to go away from uh, Micah Parsons if he's if he's lining up in different spots. So that's that's be one um, advantage. The disadvantage though is is that you're not always getting your best pass rusher to rush the passer. So you have to kind of give that up a little bit. So that that's one thing. But but I I think that you know it's going to certainly be a, a challenge there. All right, um, let's go to Rob in Vegas. Rob, what's up? Hey Nick, what's up, man? You got so, you got other callers that are referencing you now. You know you you've you've become <laughs> you've become that that guy. No. I think that's great. What's I up, man? It. You know, I've been giving Dak a lot of grief, but I'm going yes. to throw this on uh, <laughs> Mike McCarthy a little. You know, maybe me and other fans, we we didn't hate Kellen Moore. I liked his play calling. Yeah. I didn't like his situational play calling. There was too many times where we would get eight yards on first down, and then on second down he would throw incomplete. Third down we'd take a sack. And we're looking at each other like, why don't we just run the ball? We just get, got eight yards. Get the first down, yeah. And and I and I think the mistake we made, well, McCarthy made, and I think he made this because one, I think he wanted to be involved. The old saying, if I'm going down with the ship, we're going down my way. Yeah. But I think the mistake was they blew the whole thing up when they just needed to tweak it. In 2021, I'm going to give Dak some love. He was 30, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks. Last year, 
okay, 15 picks, but every Cowboy fan, anybody watching the games, I would say five of them. I remember the one where he hit Hendershot in the hands mm. against, against Tennessee, and he flipped it up. I'm sorry. I would take five interceptions away from Dak. That's only 10. Yeah. I think any fan right now, if we said, Dak, give us 30 and 10, we'd be like, let's go. Take mm. it right now. Yeah. I think the problem with Mike McCarthy's offense, one is it's too basic. That, that, that worked 20 years ago. And honestly, I think what we're seeing is if you're going to dink and dunk, you have to be perfect. You cannot take tackles for loss, any penalties, and you get one of those things and you're put behind the chains. Now it's first and 20. All of a sudden they just stall because you know what they're going to do. They're going to throw a three-yard pass, hoping – He's going to turn it into 10, which rarely happens. And they don't push the ball. I think he needs to get, look at what they did, you know, under Kellen and mix it back in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. I agree with that. And I I think you don't have the intermediate throws as much. And your receivers are not guys that are just going to shake people loose. So these two to three yard passes and expecting them to, to, to get free for 10, 15, maybe bigger plays than that, that just doesn't happen. I mean, C.D. Lamb's not playing Kansas State anymore. I'm, you know, I'm, and I, I say that because that's the game I remember him taking a five-yard hitch and just taking it to the house. And so you're right. The, these receivers don't have that, that, that yak um, that, that kind of helps with the kind of offense that, that looks like they're, that they're playing right now. And it would also help the running game. Right now, they know you're going to throw short. Everybody's closer to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. It's also hurting the offensive line because he's, he's – I was watching him take a three-step drop, and Nick Bose is like, dude, I can almost grab you right now. Right, right. And right. it's like, get him back. If you get him in a five or seven, at least Dak can now see the guy coming and maybe spin out like, like Romo used to do when Dak mm-hmm. uh, does sometimes. Just spin out and give him something. But I, I just think – they're just too tight. Unless you've got an 85 Bears defense where you're holding everybody to like six or eight, which ain't happening anymore. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think this works. Mix it up. Use Brandon Cooks. Like you said, he's invisible because I'm not saying he could just run deep, but over the middle, they, they took that pass totally out of the game. They don't, they don't throw deep in cuts at all. And you know what Gallup's going to do. He's going to run just down the sideline or a quick slant. That's all he does. And I just think they need... He, Mike McCarthy needs to turn around and say, you know what, I, I blew it up too much. Bring, bring some of that back, keep some of this, and I think this offense could be better. Because all we need is this offense to score a consistent 23 points. If they could score 23 points, I don't need the average 30. You'd be great. 23 points, I think we win most of these games. Yeah, I agree. All right, Rob, thanks for the, thanks for the call. You know, it, I said this yesterday. I love I love this call. This is one of my favorite. This is my favorite call of the day, because I I I've, we, we've heard from from Rob from Vegas, and he's he's you know he's very been you know he's been one of those guys that's been very opinionated about Dak and the offense, and and you know and, and rightfully so, and that's fine. That's what the show's all about. That's what that's what what happens here. But it's what I said yesterday. It kind of it's Thursday. Kind of kind of getting that that turn again. You know, Monday to Tuesday was like this is not going to happen. Now, you know, get to Thursday. It's what I said yesterday. It's like, okay, well, let's see how it goes. And by Friday, get get optimistic again, you know, and then Sunday or Monday in this case, you're just like, let's go. Like, let's go. And that's what that's what being a fan's all about. So I love it. I can actually hear it where you're like, all right, 
it's not as bad as it needs to be. This is what we need to do, tweaks and stuff like that. Like, that is the definition of a fan right there. I, I love it. Paul, I mean, uh, Rob, keep keep calling all the time. I say Paul because I got a text from Paul in Vancouver. He goes, there's a concern that the offense doesn't have something that they can lean on. I think that should be Tony Pollard running behind Zach Steele. Schoonmaker. You know that whole, like, what's their identity of the team and all that stuff? You know, I, I don't know if I love that question. But, but I, from a standpoint of... What do you do? You know, like what would you say you do here? Uh, and that's what that's what they need to figure out. Like, like, are we? Are, can we run the ball? Can, can we? Can we get it on third and one, third and two? And that's something that that. Let's be honest. They they, they miss that because with Zeke, they they had that where they felt like they could get a yard or two, and that was I think the toughest part of the game the other night was that fourth and two right before halftime. You're down 14 points. And they don't go for it. And and it's like, yeah, you're probably handing them three or seven if you don't get it, but you're down 14. You you already like you're you're down here. You've got to play catch up. When are you gonna catch up? You know, and, and so I thought that was just a sign of that we can't get these two yards. That right there was was where I thought the game, you know, it was already you're already losing it. And I thought that one kind of changed the whole thing there. Um all right, let's go to um, another question here. This is from CW in Hollywood. He says, San Francisco lines up on defense like we do with two linebackers. Why don't our linebackers look like Warner and Greenlaw on the field? Because they're, <laughs> they're not Warner and Greenlaw. I mean, like, Warner Warner is an outstanding football player. Um, I, he, he might be one of the most underrated players in the league. Or he just absolutely just destroys Dallas. I, I don't know. But, I mean, does he play like that in other, in other games? I, I can't say I, I watch him, them all the time. But he he's just amazing. He Like I said the other day, he's got some Palomalu in him in that he's where he needs to be, you know, up the line of scrimmage or back. Now, there were a couple plays in the game where, you know, it's like, okay, he is human. He's not going to go chase Brandon Cooks. And if Dak doesn't throw the ball out of bounds, that's probably a touchdown because he ran right by him. They got him in a perfect mismatch. That was one of the – if that fourth and two wasn't the biggest play of the game, it was there when Dak missed Cooks going deep. you got to give him a chance. You can't throw it out of bounds. Get 53 yards to work with, and in this case, about 25. One way or another, and Cooks can go get it because he's so wide open. You can't throw it to the cheerleaders. You just can't do that because um, that that doesn't help anybody. So, um, but but I, Van Der Esch and and Damone Clark are not Greenlaw and and uh, Warner. That's why they don't look like that because they they're not they're not as good as players. They're not as athletic as, as those guys are. Those guys are flying around the ball and 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 making a lot of plays. You, not many teams, if anybody, has got two linebackers like that. All right. Um, Russ from North Carolina. Why is Mozzie Smith never mentioned? He's is he not playing many snaps? If not, is he not ready? Um, he obviously isn't ready. He obviously is not ready. There was a there was a moment in the game. Uh, they were down on the one yard line. It's third and one from the one. He wasn't in the game, and uh, I, I didn't understand that. And that that's I mean, if anything, he could be out there for that. I mean, strength is strength. If he's got the strength, he should be able to be there for that. He has been in other plays, so I'm not really sure why he's not playing. I, I would he's healthy, so the the answer has to be that he's just not ready. They don't feel like he's ready to to contribute on that level, and that's 
That's disappointing. I mean, it has to be. What other way? I mean, I'm not not giving up on a guy. It's early, still early in his career, but it's just surprising and disappointing that your first round pick, because that is usually the reason why you draft a guy in the first round. That is why you you go first round on anybody. Is is when you're when you're weighing this guy versus this guy. It's it's always about okay, what can they do, um, you know, down the road, but also right now, like. What, what, how can they, you know, the readiness to play is usually a factor there. So that's a little surprising to me um, that he hasn't, he hasn't been able to contribute a little bit more. All right. Um, let's go to the phones. Al from Washington, D.C. Al, what's up? Hey, Nick. Hey, man. Can you hear me? I can. How are you doing? Yeah. Very good. Um, been a Cowboy fan for 57 years and watched a lot of Cowboys. I think that was the first game in 57 years at the eight-minute mark. I had to, I just turned it off. I couldn't watch it anymore. I was even there when we were 1-15. in 15. So I want to ask you a question, and I really think that we need to consider this on defense. Offense will come along. We'll get that. But on the defense, why aren't we running – what I guess you could call either a 5-2 or a 3-4, meaning Hankins over the center, two tackles, which we have, and then, you know, we've got plenty of DNs that can get, you know, play the run and play the pass and put 11 and 33, 11 to the strong side, 33 to the weak side, and I don't see how they can run on us that way. But for some reason, we want to stay in this 4-2 or 4-3 or whatever you want to call it. We need three down linemen in the middle to stop the run. We need to force them to throw the ball. And that's all all I wanted to inject and see what yeah. your thoughts were. Yeah, I mean, uh, thanks for the call. I mean, I, I, I think that you, you you know, it's it's not as easy to just make these – adjustments in the middle of the season after you you know go through all training camp and all that kind of stuff and especially it's it's surprising when you think about it of just like where we are of of uh, and I'm not not everyone's saying this you're saying this but it's probably surprising for you that that you know 2 to 3 weeks ago is it, what's the nickname of this defense you know we're all asking like well, how great this defense can be and now it's it's like you know should they change it are, are they are they not lined up correctly um, you know, you say that about make teams throw the ball, but that's scary too. And 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 I saw a stat the other day: the Cowboys have beaten three teams. I think they're the, where they rank in scoring is like thirty second, thirty and twenty seven, and they are going to face one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven this year. And one of them is Sandy. I'm sorry, Sandy. Dang it! I knew I was going to do that one time this week. L.A. Chargers. Uh, uh, maybe they should move back, but um, I, I just think that you know they're one of those teams too. So they're going to have to face teams that are putting up a lot of points too. So just saying, make them throw is kind of scary as well when you're looking at the injuries that they've had at, at the secondary and some of the receivers that they're going to face. Um, you know, Dan, Dan Quinn is a great defensive coach. He really is. I, I think that they'll they'll figure this thing out. I don't think it's they need to switch out the, the schemes. This is what they've practiced. This is what they've done, and it has been successful. This is what they're going to have to lean on. They, they could tighten the screws a little bit, but I think they can do that. All right, last call. We, we go to Steve in uh, New York. Steve, what's up? 
Hey, what's up, Nick? How you doing? That's all right. I called the Jack Murphy the other day when I was talking to somebody about <laughs> yeah. it, where the game was. Yeah. <laughs> where the game? Um, I just want to a little um, bit different. I mean, yeah, Jack Murphy bit. Stadium um, and SoFi. Ooh. Yeah, it's night and day. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I just wanted to touch real quick on something you had said. I think a year ago or so, uh, I was on when you guys had the show together. You made a statement, and I'm paraphrasing, but you said that if Dak Prescott has to be um, a drop back pocket passer, the Cowboys are going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you originally said that, I was like, wow, that's a kind of a strong statement. But obviously you're implying that he has to run and use his legs more. And I, I understand it now. So that's why I want to ask you, is it just me or does he look slower out there? And I don't know. He, he used to be able to get away from defenders. He can't. And do you think he's hesitant to run because of the injury? I kind of think yes to both of those. I just wanted your take on it. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, thanks for bringing that up from a year ago. Thank you for saying No, I mean, I I, I believe that. That's not what – scouts know what's going on, okay? NFL scouts know the deal. He's not drafted in the – he wasn't drafted till the fourth round. And and that's because of, you know, they they know – what he can do as a, as a passer and all that stuff. Now he's been way better than people thought If they would redraft him. He would have been in the first round, of course. But, but the thing is, is that, is that he, he was always a football player type running on the move and making throws and all that. Just kind of, he's a gamer when the lights came on. I do think the injury has made him a little bit more hesitant and you can't be that way when you're running, you know, when you, when you need to run, I mean, it's just a boom, gotta go see it, hit it, do it. And I don't think that 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 is there as much. So that that's probably one of the reasons why it looks a little slower. And he might just be slower. I mean, eight years in the league, a lot of hits, a lot of sacks, um, some surgeries. I mean, like, you know, I mean, that, that that could be the. I still think he can run, though. I still think he can move. He he can be that type of quarterback. He's going to have to be because you know you got to play to your strengths. So just standing there in the pocket and making throws, making the reads and all that stuff, that's not what he is. That's never been what he is. What he is is a guy that that needs to play with what they give him, what they give him, what they take. And so he's going to they have to figure that out, but he's also going to have to scheme open his his top players. They've got to figure that out and how to get the ball to CD Lamb all the time. He's if he's complaining that he wants the football, give him the football. Give them the ball because good things can, can happen. So that's what they have to do. They have to figure that out. Um, easier said than done, but but that's that's what has to happen. They got an extra day of practice this week. They should be able to figure that out. You know, this week and try to you know you know get the offense clicking again. And then of course they got the bye week as well. And then maybe from the call before from Al, who was talking about defensive alignment schemes, maybe you can implement more of those kind of new looks and new wrinkles in a bye week, but they, they certainly have things work to do on offense, defense, and even special teams now with C.J. Goodwin going to be out for maybe most of the season uh, with a biceps injury. Um, you know, they, they're losing a really good player there. So, you know, no one's feeling sorry for this team. I mean, they they got to they gotta turn it around, but they, they have plenty of time to do that, and, and I think, um, you know, I think they, they're certainly capable of it. All right, great show today. I got 10 calls. You guys were really good. Um, we'll, we'll do it again tomorrow. So for Chris Beam, I'm Nick Eatman. We'll see you tomorrow on Cowboys Storyline. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!